HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Museum of Food and Drink, sparking curiosity about food with exhibits you can eat. For more information, visit mofad.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network, broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Do you need some help with that? Are you looking for a little bit of advice? We all are. If you are, this episode of Tech Bites is for you. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. I am Jennifer Leutzi, and hopefully you know that and you've heard my voice before, and you are a regular listener of Tech Bites, the weekly program on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk to influencers and innovators at the intersection of food and technology. We have a little bit of a special episode coming up for you all right now, and That's because we are quickly approaching the 100th episode of Tech Bites, which will happen in June of 2017. The show started in January 2015, which is amazing to me. I was so nervous when it first started in the first shows, and I don't have a co-host. I'm my own host. And one of the things that I was really worried about was being alone in the booth and not having guests show up. (laughs) So one of the things that I did to ease my nervousness was that I started each show by talking to my engineer. Today, my engineer is David Tattashore, who is also the station's manager. Hi, David. Hello there. You see that? I have a person to talk to and converse with. You are not alone. I am not alone. I created another personality for the show. And the first thing that we do is we always talk about apps, and apps is a nice icebreaker and hopefully a good utility piece for our listeners. Sort of creates the first act of the show. The second act of the show is the interview and the conversation and the discussion. And then I thought it was nice as I was listening to other podcasts and other, you know, I read interviews and, you know, watch television and listen to radio. You know, it's nice to have formats and segments. So the last segment of Tech Bytes is always asking people for a piece of advice. 
And sometimes that advice is about their business. And sometimes that advice is just about a unique point of view they have about life. I am a huge sucker for clicking on those listicle articles of the habits of highly successful people. Uh, So we've had a lot of great, great CEOs, founders, media influencers, um, startup folks, lots of really smart, interesting, successful people. And at the end of each show, I ask them for some advice. And today we have put some of that best of advice together here for you. And sometimes it's about their business and sometimes it's about their particular point of view or something that they're good at. Um, and it's always, it's always nice. And at the end of the show, after we stopped taping, I've had quite a few people say to me, wow, that last question was great. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Um, and even people who have been in a lot of interviews. So we try and come up with something good and something personal and something special. So I've been listening to all of the Tech Byte episodes starting way back in the beginning in 2015. So in the first part of the show, you will hear four clips of advice, uh, starting off with Ryan Sutton, the restaurant critic at Eater from episode six. Uh, He'll talk to you about getting the best restaurant experience. We have some amazing startup advice from Amanda Hesser, who's the CEO and co-founder of Food52, the cooking media recipe market platform that's really an innovator and, and really successful. She has some great learning advice about that. Episode 45, we have Mitchell Davis, who is the vice president of the James Beard Foundation, a Heritage Radio Network host, and also was the leader of the USA Pavilion from Milan Expo, the World Fair, and has some very excellent advice about how to be better organized and get more stuff done. And lastly, we have episode 52 with Ben Leventhal, who's the CEO and founder of Resi. He had his wedding at Balthazar, which is amazing because I've only seen that restaurant close down one other time, and that was in a blizzard state of emergency. And he will give you pointers on how to have your wedding or a special event at Balthazar or some other impossible destination. So stay tuned for some of the best of advice from TechBytes. What's the key to getting the best restaurant experience? The key to a best restaurant experience is uh, walking in and not making a reservation uh, to most of the restaurants, in my opinion, and simply being a regular. Uh, Go to the bar, eat at the bar, and don't order the same thing every time. Uh, We're here at Roberta's, or at least in a shipping container right next to Roberta's, and I'll come with my parents, say, on a Saturday night. uh, We'll wait an hour to get a couple seats at the bar, and we'll simply order all the new stuff off the menu. Uh, we're regulars. Uh, it doesn't mean we get you know expedited treatment. We still wait for those three seats at the bar, but it means that we're being adventurous with our choices. And and I think that uh, chefs and waiters uh, they like nothing more than people who come back. And 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 that's that's more important than anything because restaurants thrive not just on people going once. Restaurants thrive on regulars. And so if you if you like a restaurant, then support what they do and, and keep going and, and make sure to try the new stuff because otherwise our cuisine will be stale. Food, in my opinion, is, you know, it's you know that famous Woody Allen line in Annie Hall. Relationship is like a, a shark. If it if it doesn't move forward, it, it, it eventually ends up just staying still and dying. Yeah. Same thing with food. It needs to move forward. And if we, if we you know, come into Roberta's every day and all, only order 
slaughter the Wagyu flank steak, then Roberta's won't be able to progress. We have to be just as adventurous as, as the chefs are, even if that means taking a risk and, and ordering something that we might not end up liking. Risk, risk, risk. That's the most important thing, not just for chefs, but for diners as well. And we have to, we have to indulge their creativity just a little bit, and then we can have the pizza at the end of the night. <laughs> a little bit of risk and a little bit of safety. It sounds like you need an additional tumbler called the walk-in. Perhaps. Because all of this advice that you've just given us is not present in any of your online arenas. So th- consider maybe for 2015, you can start the walk-in with all this kind of fantastic advice also. I might do just that. <laughs> is there a real piece of learning advice that you've passed along that was a moment from your own development that you think is really valuable to share? Um, sometimes when you start something and you're new at it, you don't know what to ask for because it's a completely unknown experience. So it's hard well, to know. <laughs> it's hard to know where you need the most help because you, you know, you kind of have no idea anyway. <laughs> well, um, well, the funniest kind of piece of advice, which it is true. It's like, if you want money, ask for advice. And if you want, um, advice, ask for money. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try that later when I leave this afternoon. <laughs> um, um, that that one definitely is true. Um, I just think that um, the, the the biggest thing that um, probably the biggest hurdle is just that you get a lot of no's all the time, and there's a lot of doubt um, when you're starting something, um, even if it's something that's kind of familiar to people. Um, and you got to just kind of like you, you got to you have to just keep at it and keep pushing um, and. Um, in every kind of like no or um, or or missed opportunity, like see it as actually as an opportunity to learn or to do something better next time. Um, so you know it's like kind of easier said than done, but it definitely is um, a way to survive. At the end of every show, though, I always like to pe- ask people for a little piece of advice that listeners can use themselves and. You are a person who spent a huge amount of time traveling this year around the world on airplanes. Do you, do you have any advice for people on how to use their technology to be better organized on the day-to-day, get more stuff done, deal with different time zones? Hmm. You talked about Evernote. Yeah. How do you stay organized when you're working across two continents and on an airplane all the time? I could use some of that advice in my <laughs> but one of my things, borough life. Uh, one of the things I love about Evernote is you don't actually have to be organized because it searches, it sifts. And, and I'm, I'm a very organized person, but I organize in buckets. So I have a bucket and I stuff stuff in it that's not organized inside, but the bucket it holds something. And so to me, even for traveling, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I have bags that I dump stuff into in my suitcase. So I... I categorize, I guess, is the way. That's the level of organization that I work at, not in the fine details. Nothing's alphabetized. It's just in there somewhere. And so, I, I mean, I think that's not a bad metaphor, honestly, for life. Like, I, you know, if you looked at my fridge or and freezer at home, which you have been in, I know, like <laughs> big containers say things like seeds, grains, whatever, you know. Salt. Yeah, salt, right. And so, so to me, I think that, that you know, at least for my personal space, um, Putting things in categories, being open to changing them, not making so stringent, but being open. I mean, I think flow, 
we'll use a technology term, but it's also a philosophical term, Chiknamurti flow, openness, like it comes and goes, not hanging on too tightly to things beyond sort of a neurotic need to grasp, I think um, helps you get through the day and helps you have new experiences and helps you get a new app and not care when you don't use it or, or, or love one when you do. So I don't know. Flow is my piece of advice to everybody. Flow, buckets, Evernote. <laughs> and I mean, it sounds almost like you are, um, you know, calling out the Bruce Lee piece of advice, which is be like water. Yeah, uh, uh, although water is pretty scarce these days, so I don't know. Flow. That's a great segue into the last thing I like to do with every guest is ask them for a piece of advice for our listeners, um, something actionable that they can use. And one of um, TechBytes' very regular loyal listeners is going to be planning a wedding soon. And you kind of live the ultimate New York City restaurant life. You had your wedding at Balthazar, Keith McNally restaurant. True story. I've only seen that restaurant actually close once or twice, and that was when it's New York City has been declared a state of emergency because of weather. <laughs> how did you have your wedding at Balthazar, and how do you recommend someone goes about having their wedding or a private event at a seemingly impossible destination? The, the only reason that happened is because um, I'm fortunate enough to, to have you know, something of a relationship with, with Keith McNally, the owner of the restaurant. Um, he and I struck up a relationship in the early eater days. Uh, in fact, you know, in the early eater days, Mirandi and Schiller's were, were lock, lock and I's, uh, two really base of operations. We, we alternated. And so we, we spent some time in the restaurants and got to know Keith a little bit. And it was just a, it, it, it ultimately was me asking the owner of my favorite restaurant if I could have my wedding there. And so the only thing I could I could say in terms of recommendation, I, you don't get your hopes up, but if you have a restaurant that's really your favorite one and you tell the owner it's your favorite one, you might be able to get it for your wedding. Plus, if you're a regular. <laughs> yeah, if you're a regular. I mean, listen, that, that regulars are the restaurant's lifeblood, right? So if you are a regular, the, the owner is going to do everything he can for you. So support your restaurant with love and maybe it'll support you back. I think I think that's exactly right, and 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 I think you'll have you'll find that that's a fruitful approach. Hi, I'm Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues on the Heritage Radio Network. We all know and love Chinese takeout dishes like General Tso's chicken and egg rolls, but here's the thing: even though we call it Chinese food, it's not like the food you'd find in China. What's the story behind this cuisine, and how did it become so popular that you can find a Chinese American restaurant in nearly every town in the country? The answers may surprise you. Visit the Museum of Food and Drink in Brooklyn and see our newest exhibition, Chow, Making the Chinese American Restaurant. Chow engages visitors with compelling accounts of how Chinese immigrants overcame racism and created Chinese American cuisine. Discover the science behind the flavors of your favorite takeout dishes, feast on rotating tastings developed by the country's most talented Chinese American chefs, and try your hand at writing your own fortune, which will be baked into actual cookies by a 1,500-pound fortune cookie machine. What better way to learn, connect, and eat? You can visit Chow at the Museum of Food and Drink on Fridays through Sundays from noon to 6. Tickets and more information can be found at mofad.org. Well, if you've just joined us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology on heritageradionetwork.org. 
We are a .org because we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Did you know that? That means we keep the lights on and the radio on the air with the support of listeners, members, and our underwriters. If you love this show and you love Heritage Radio Network and you love keeping food conversations and topics alive and happening in the world, go to the website, click the beating heart, and make a donation. Maybe, you know, what you'd spend on a slice of pizza or a cup of coffee. It'll help us make more radio. And more radio like Tech Bites and like this next great segment of five episodes of advice. From episode 57, we had Cherry Bomb Magazine and Cherry Jubilee founders Carrie Diamond and Claudia Wu, who also host Cherry Bomb Radio. They're going to give advice about how to get the most out of a cocktail party and networking. Episode 72, we have Rachna Gavani, who is the founder and CEO of Food Stand the App. And a gentleman named Key Lee, who are going to talk about how to keep your eating on track when you travel all the time and, and have to forage for food in an airport. Episode 77, we have Lori Williver, who is Anthony Bourdain's handler and his co-author for Appetites, a cookbook. And she's going to give you some advice about how to put together a great, spontaneous dinner at home for friends. Episode 83 is with David Sachs, the author of Revenge of Analog, and he's going to give you great advice on how to start up a conversation in real life. And from another book publisher, Damien Morgavino, the author of The Underground Culinary Tour, episode 90, he's going to give us some advice on how to get that book published. At the end of each of my shows, I always ask my guests for a little piece of practical, actionable advice for listeners. So everybody gets a little something, something at the end. So I will ask each of you the same question. This weekend's event is about networking, and a lot of what you do is about networking. How do you make the most out of a cocktail party? Don't just go there and talk to your friends. I, I mean, we're all guilty of that, but, but just step out of your comfort zone for a second and talk to somebody you don't know. How do you do that? You step out of your comfort zone. <laughs> you talk to somebody you don't know. It's not, you know, it's not easy. We're all, even the most extroverted among us, I think, would rather just stand there and talk to your friends and drink a glass of wine. Do you have a good um, standard icebreaker or introduction that you go to? Do you have guess, a couple of go-to things? Oh, gosh, I wish I did. What about you, Claudia? What's your best advice for getting the most out of a cocktail party? Um, have some drinks, but not too many. That's good. <laughs> well, I think it's always nice um, to ask people. Wait, what's yours? What's mine? Mm. I typically say something like, oh, I always think these things are just like being at a wedding, right? We get an assigned seat. You kind of know people. You don't kind of know them. Are you bride or groom? You know, sort of liking it to another social activity where we'd be perhaps more connected. Sometimes I go with just a blatant, if you compliment somebody about something on their person, they will likely explain it to you and then start talking to you. So like, hmm. whatever it is, those are amazing shoes. I love that handbag. Where did you get that drink from? What are you eating? You know, oh, and then because people typically like to talk about themselves. And if you ask them a question that is not a yes or no question, then they have to sort of be more effusive. You know who's our patron saint of networking? Dig deep, Claudia. You know, Lisa you know, Fetterman? Lisa Q. <laughs> Fetterman, founder of Namiku. 
Uh, she, that uh, at home sous vide, yes. I'm sure you've talked about that. Kickstarting legend. Kickstarting legend. She is, she really is just the model of how to work a room and how to network and how to make friends. I mean, she, she will just go up to anybody and say hi. And especially if you're somebody that she's read about or seen on social media and she wants to get to know you better, she is absolutely fearless. And she will just walk up and be like, yo, I love you. I stalk you on social media. You're the best. I mean, I, I would never do that, but, but because of Lisa, like we've made friends, we've met people we wouldn't have met and she's just kind of fearless. Yeah. Maybe you should bring, maybe the best advice is to bring someone like Lisa, <laughs> have a co- have yeah. someone riding shotgun, a wing person, a strong wing. I got to jump in. Me and Aaron do that all the time. We definitely <laughs> wing, wing for each other. It's, it's great. And you know what? I think we just came up with an idea for the San Francisco Jubilee. We are going to have Lisa be the official networking guru of the San Francisco Jubilee so that if you come alone, all you have to do is find Lisa and she will introduce you to other people in the room. You know, another thing is just ask. Like there, um, I definitely noticed a few people at Jubilee last year who were by themselves and I grabbed them and I, I pulled them over to a table of people I knew and was like, hey, you know, everybody, this is so-and-so. And, um, you know, but but it's don't squander an opportunity. You know, I was at a party the other week and it was kind of filled with a lot of A-list people. And I, I was Melissa Clark and I were kind of like hiding in a corner. and We didn't know that many people. And we probably and there weren't that many people in the room. We probably should have gone around and introduced ourselves to some of them. But. You know, I got super shy and was like, I got to get out of here. This is too nerve wracking. And that's stupid. You know, you don't always get an opportunity to be in a room with really amazing people. Take advantage of it. All good advice. At the end of every show, I like to ask guests for a little piece of actionable advice for listeners to maybe use in their real life. Because both of you travel quite a bit. And both of you are obviously thoughtful about your food. Key, how do you find, how did you find the gluten-free options or the specific healthy options you were looking for while you were traveling in the fast food airport turnpike universe? It is about planning. Um, that was a conversation I had with my nutritionist. She said, you know, uh, before this trip, could I tell her exactly when I'm, where I'm going and and uh, and she'll give me recommendations on well, package some nuts and cheeses, whatever it is. So it's really about planning more than anything else. Um, obviously, there'll be situations because you know I'm in these business dinners, and and some of the restaurants we choose are not you know aligned with my diet. Um, so yeah, there'll be challenges there. But for the most part, it really is about a little prep and planning before I take off. And packing a lunch. Yes, yes, <laughs> which is hard. But yes. And same question to you, Rachna. How do you how do you maintain your challenges and your healthy, mindful eating when you're traveling so much and on the go? Um, so I have now started keeping a list of what to eat in airports because I find oh. myself in airports I should quite that, often. Is that list available to the public somewhere? It will, it will be available to the public very soon. Um, and, and it really goes back to some core principles. So I've realized that most coffee shops, coffee stands and airports have nuts. So I always grab the nuts. Most airports and and sort of rest stops always have bananas. So I always grab the bananas and then I always keep a water bottle with me. 
because hydration in these situations is critical. Um, that's definitely one big thing. And then the other thing that one of the challenges we are launching, um, and it's one that I've been practicing for the last few weeks, is eating one distraction-free meal a day, meaning no devices. Don't eat in front of the TV, oh. in front of the computer, in front of your phone. Book, and magazine? Book, magazine is okay. okay. Friends are okay. So Just digital. Nothing, nothing digital that right. will send you a push notification that you'll open up Instagram or Snapchat or whatever um, that will distract you from what you're actually doing. And so that, it, especially while traveling, I've done where if I'm waiting to board the, the flight, I'll actually eat my breakfast and I will not look at anything else. While eating my breakfast, it slows me down. I end up eating less. I enjoy and savor the food more. And frankly, like, I, I can benefit from pulling away from a device for about 20 minutes. Um, I, I need to do more of it. So that's the other practice that I think uh, everybody should give it a try. Um, I think you'd be surprised at how good it feels. I like that. We are just about out of time, but I always like to ask my guests for a piece of usable advice for our listeners so they can maybe, you know, have something to do in their day-to-day lives. So you cook a lot at home. You're a professional food writer, cookbook author. You talked about getting back into cooking at home and out of the, you know, sort of family dinner doldrums and all of that. Mm -hmm. With all of the information you have at your disposal, what's your best advice to putting together a quick dinner, quick dinner for friends on the fly? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, you know, pasta is always uh, an, an easy, uh, an easy go-to. I mean, you boil your water, you make your pasta, and then whatever goes on it is 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 just like, well, what do you have on hand? You know, maybe it's just a jar of anchovies and a little bit of garlic. That's delicious. You know, uh, melt your anchovies in a little oil, put some garlic, sliced up garlic cloves in there, toss it with the pasta. Ideally, you've got a bottle of wine. You know, that's that's a twenty-minute or less buy-in. Uh, or, you know, very thinly pounded, whatever it is, chicken breast, veal, you know, pork. I mean, that's, it's so fast, a little egg, a little breadcrumb in the pan, salt, pepper, you know, a little salad. I mean, it's, it's, um, those, those are like very easy, fast go-to meals that I feel like I could do provided I've been shopping to me, the, the biggest time suck is the shopping. But if you've got a freezer and you've got a fridge and you've got, you know, 20 minutes, it's, it's. Very easy. Freezer shopping is another thing that I think is very underrated. I don't you know? even know what freezer shopping is. Freezer shopping is like you made, you know, four quarts of bean soup. You froze three oh, of them. And so you stock up your freezer yes. and then you can shop through your own freezer. Exactly. Okay. For a minute, I when you said freezer shopping, I thought you were talking about something like one of my personal favorites. There's a... Uh, food chain in France called Picard sur Gelée, and it is a grocery store of only frozen foods. Oh. And you walk in and it's they're very quiet and they have just rows and rows of freezers and the little freezer bags when you check out and it's everything from chopped fresh frozen herbs to like enormous elaborate ice cream balm Charlotte type desserts to a whole poached salmon to a you know 40 pack of burgers they're just magical weird interesting places so to me that's freezer shopping okay i'm i'm intrigued by that next time you go to france picard sergelet yeah for sure david you talk to so many people in this book uh around the world uh different business people chefs owners 
What is your best advice for how to talk to someone, introduce yourself or introduce yourself to somebody or start up a conversation? Put away your phone. Put it away and don't pull it out. The second you do that, you're showing that person that there could be something more important. Um, I know it seems like a simple thing and, and a simple act of courtesy, but I think often we, we, in that moment of insecurity, when you meet someone for the first time, you know, a lot of us will tend to reach for it because it's almost like a lifeline out, um, you know, work in that insecurity and build something out of it. That is great advice and very simple and very apropos for the author of a book called The Revenge of Analog. I get a lot of questions from people generally in life and on, uh, you know, through emails and, you know, LinkedIn messages and things like that. There are a lot of people who want to be in food media and in food writing and who have an idea for a book Hmm. and want to write. And you, we have this, you know, beautiful hardcover published book sitting right here on the table What's your best advice to somebody who has a story to tell who would like to publish a book? How would you advise them to start that process and maybe become a published author like yourself? Well, I think it first starts with you got to follow your passion. And that's really what it's all about is, you know, if you're doing what you love to do and you're passionate about it, I think that's the first thing that you know, um, you know, a, a, a book, um, you know, would, would follow something like that. It's not, you know, Hey, I have an idea for a book. It's like, well, what are you passionate about? And what is it that you want to, uh, to share with the world? And so in my case, it was, you know, having, you know, built, you know, a Vero, um, you know, and really helped, you know, these 10,000 restaurants in 70 countries. But one of the things that I noticed is that you can have the most efficient restaurant in the world. Um, but, you also need to be conceptually relevant. And so for me, you know, I did the underground culinary tour, these 15 stops in 25 hours to help CEOs really get a glimpse, you know, of the, uh, of the future. Um, because things that are happening in New York used to take 20 years because of social media and technology, they take six to 12 months. And so the book was, you know, a way to really communicate what I thought, you know, and really wanted to celebrate these new guard restaurateurs that were doing both, you know, both embracing the data um, and embracing technology um, to be more efficient. But in the same token, how are they innovating um, and continuing to really uh, evolve to make sure that they were um, really uh, relevant to the next generation of consumers? And together, um, I wanted to call them new guard restaurateurs, and I felt very passionate about it and was very fortunate to um, – to find a, a you know a great publisher in Crown, and uh, who they do many business books, but they also have a cookbook division as well. And so I think that finding uh, not, not only you know you're telling your story, you're, you're passionate about, but finding the right partner. I cannot emphasize that enough. And the team, you know, at Crown, um, you know they they've done um, a lot of great business books, like Damon John's you know book from Shark Tank and Peter Thiel. Book, um, but they also have got this great cookbooks, and so I needed to find someone that had the business voice and also the foodie voice um, that could match what I was passionate about. And so that's something that I would recommend to someone that uh, wants to write a book: is follow your passion, but then find the right partner that believes in that passion and the vision for the project. And I was fortunate to find it. That sounds like good advice for publishing a book, but it also is pretty solid advice 
for business and life in general. Do what you're passionate about and find a good partner to do it with. <laughs> there, you know, maybe that's the, the title of your next book. Oh boy, <laughs> perhaps the sequel, the how-to book. Oh, I can blame you for that. Um, I, yeah, I, I can write the foreword. Okay, we can yeah. talk about the moment of inspiration that happened in the shipping container in um, Bushwick, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, with great pizza, right? With Reverse great, great pizza. pizza. Well, that's all the time that we have, and I will do like I always do. I'll ask for some advice, but this time I will ask advice from you, our listeners and our members. Are there people you'd like to hear from? Are there episodes you would like to hear on Tech Bytes or on the show? Maybe do you have an idea for a show? Get in touch with us, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. We're also on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at TechBytesHRN. We would love to hear from you for the 100th episode and for the next 100 more. I'm Jennifer Layutzi. Thanks for listening. This is Tech Bytes. for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Bye.